Hey, it's Gina with the Good News Girl podcast. Welcome to the show. Really glad to have you here. Hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Good News Girl podcast. Today we're talking about what it looks like to be a Christian. I wanted to tell you my story. Uh, I accepted Jesus at the age of three. My mom tells me that I responded to an altar call without prompting completely on my own will. I honestly can't remember Jesus not being a part of my life or part of my story. I was raised in church. Um, I, I, I was raised in a, a church-going family, raised in the faith. Um, but, you know, Jesus is just not something that uh, you obtain. Salvation is not something that you grab by being born into a specific family or um, or specific religion. It's actually a choice that you have to make for yourself. And so I have made the choice to follow him and have continued walking with him, growing in him and following him. It has just been an ongoing relationship. Um, but I am far from perfect. I am far from where I am going and yet Jesus has been a part of my story the entire time. The Bible says in Romans 10, chapter 10, verse 9 through 11, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So what this means is that you get to decide your salvation. And if you've not done that, if you've not made the choice to accept the Lord into your heart and make him Lord over your life, you can simply make that choice today. You just say, Jesus, I believe that you are Lord and that you died for me and rose to life again. If you declare that with your mouth and believe that in your heart, you're saved. In John 5, 24, it says, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. In Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 8, it says, by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. That means that I have eternal life and royal inheritance because I simply choose to believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is King. He is the Lord over all, and He came and died for me and was risen from the dead. So what happens now? Does this mean that I'm perfect? Does this mean that the life that I lived before I accepted Jesus is completely erased? Does this mean that uh, life gets super easy from here on out? I came to tell somebody today that we are still all human. We still all have a soul and a flesh body and human nature. Um, none of us are perfect, although we're made in his perfect image. Um, it takes a, a good bit of work, working and walking this out in our life. I have known Jesus for more than 30 years, yet I am still broken. I am still not perfect. I still have heart wounds. I still make mistakes. My life is messy, um, but I am being transformed day by day. It's, it's really um, just something I was thinking about, you know, 
The thing is, Jesus is perfect. He is perfect theology. He is perfect religion. He is perfect philosophy. He's perfect science. He's perfect math. He's perfect government. He is perfect law. He is perfect medicine. When you invite the Holy One who is perfect, you can't help but be transformed. If he's really in you and really in there, you'll notice things starting to shake off of you just by his presence being inside of you. You'll notice new perspectives. You'll notice your mind being renewed. I don't believe there is any other way. He is the way. He is the truth and he is the light. There is no other way out of bondage. There is no other way out of brokenness. There is no other way out of offense. There is no other way out of woundings and pain other than coming to the one who is perfect. He is wisdom. He is knowledge. He is understanding. He is counsel. He has every tool, every key, every breakthrough, every deliverance, everything you could ever need. And he will transform you to bear good fruit. Read John 15. In Romans 12, too, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's how you know what his will is. His good, perfect, pleasing. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Excuse me. The Bible tells us to pray in accord with his will. So how do you know what his will is? Um, It's through transformation. But guess what? It isn't you who does it. It's him. It's by pursuing him, inviting him into your life, your situations, by prayer, being in his presence, worshiping him, reading his word. How do you know a God if you don't know him by the living word? In John chapter 1, it says he is the word. Jesus is the word. So you need to know the Bible. You need to understand scriptures. Um, You can't really design who God is on your own flesh self. There is a there is a God who who has given us his word so that we can know him and know the very substance and fiber of his being. Um, This is how your mind gets renewed because he is active in your life. Jesus does not care where you have been. I'm telling you, he does not care. He is not afraid of your mess. He is not afraid of you. He is not afraid of what you have done. He he does not care what you have done. He wants to be a part of you. Yet he will never push himself onto you. He will pursue you every day of your life to every corner, every place that you roam or go. Yet he will never force himself upon you because it is your choice to choose him. It is your choice to choose him. You know, in Matthew, um, I've been really digging into the book of Matthew. I just want to know Jesus. You know, I just want to know what his life was like. I I mean, all of scripture is God breathed. It's all useful. It's all God. But I've just been really studying Jesus and the things that he told us and shared with us while he was here as a man on this earth. Anyway, so in Matthew 21 uh, verses 28 to 32, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons that he's talking, Jesus talking to his disciples. He went to the first one and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. The son says, I will not, but later changed his mind and went. Then the father went to his other son and said the same thing. And the son said, I will, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two do you think his father wanted? Did what his father wanted. Which one did what his father wanted? The first, they said. Jesus says to them, truly I tell you. So he's agreeing with him. And then he says this, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. 
So it's God, Jesus is just saying, it doesn't matter who you are. Don't miss the message of who he is. Um, you know, go after him. Don't say one thing and then not do it. Yet, even if your heart can't receive it at first, but you change your heart and you change your mind and you decide to actually go after it, that is the better. That is the one that the father did, who's did what his father wanted. Um, I just was kind of hung up on that passage. It's all a, because because God does examine our hearts and it's about our heart posture. So if at first you say, I don't want to do it, but then you do, he sees that. He sees what you truly decide to do. Yet if you say you'll do something and you don't do it, he also sees that. Um, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, When you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. So we are marked. I was marked at age three. I was marked with a seal and the promised Holy Spirit, and it was a deposit guaranteeing my inheritance. See, grace is a free gift from the goodness of God. It is given to us freely. It is getting what we really don't deserve. I can promise you that if you choose Jesus, you are in for a life of continual blessing. You are in for a life of transformation. As he increases in your life, you will, see you will see change. You will see change around the people around you. You will see change in your thought patterns. You will see change in your actions. You will know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance. That's from Ephesians 1.18. He says that he is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine in Ephesians 3.20. More than we could ever ask or imagine. And so I just want to encourage you, wherever you are today, to just draw near to him. If this is the first time you've prayed that prayer to invite him into your heart, whether you're in that place or in your, you're in a place of questioning, whether you're in the place of being completely on fire for Jesus, whether you're in a place of chasing him or in a place of running from him, um, if you just aren't sure, if you're trying to get things figured out, it is never too late. You are not too far away. God is the God of redemption and he is coming after you. He wants your heart. It says in Isaiah 53, 5 through 6, that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. He bore it on his own body. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid upon him, Jesus, our Savior, the iniquity of all of us. Crazy. In John 5, 39, it says, You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So in that scripture, it's not at all suggesting that you shouldn't diligently seek the scriptures and study the scriptures, but it's saying don't miss the entire revelation of Jesus and the relationship of Jesus because you're bogged down by religion. We do not know what people's life looks like. We do not know who has accepted Jesus and is working out things in their life. We don't know. The Bible says that you'll know them by their fruit. So there is truth to that. However, just because someone is sitting in church every Sunday, just because somebody knows every scripture quoted in the Bible, it does not mean that they have eternal life. It does not mean that Jesus is inside of them. 
And so just be very cautious. Um, not everybody looks, you know, you don't have to look a certain way to be a Christian. And, and we are all humans. We are all working things out. People who works are important. Works are a fruit of what it looks like to be someone who is saved and following Jesus. But it's not because of our works that we get to have the salvation. And so people who are out there doing good things may be far away from Jesus. And we may not see them in heaven. But we might. We don't know. But I want to tell you one thing. It is you have to invite him into your life. And you have to have choose to have a relationship with him to have salvation. This is what the past. This is what the scriptures tell us. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, verse 21 through 23, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So, like I said, you can be taking up a pew every Sunday in a church service and still have no relationship with Jesus. If he, I will tell you another thing, though, if he is in you, it cannot be denied. You may be in process. You may be working things out. And he is faithful till the end. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 1.6. So I just want to encourage you today. Um, that everybody's walk looks different and that we should be very cautious to judge any brother or sister. If, um, if you are in Christ, then you are an heir of salvation. You are an heir of God and co-heirs with Christ. That's in Romans 8. So let's encourage one another. I want to encourage you today that if you have accepted Jesus into your heart just now, then I just bless you. You've made the best decision of your entire life the best decision of your entire life. And if you haven't and you have questions, I encourage you to reach out. Reach out to somebody who's following after the Lord. Get connected to a body of Christ that has the Holy Spirit and who is um, in the Word and they are Word-based out of the Word of God. And I encourage you to get yourself in the Word. You can do that through, if you have the Internet, you can have the Bible. Um, go out and buy a Bible, you know, sow into yourself, sow a seed into yourself, start reading scriptures, take one verse a day, start in the Psalms and the Proverbs and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just start, you know, rooting through there, taking a look at some things. Um, and I just want to encourage you, wherever you are in your walk today, Jesus loves you. It is because of his beautiful gift that you are made free and that you have salvation and uh, God I just I just bless those who have ears to hear and are listening to this and eyes to see and I pray that you open the eyes of their hearts God open the eyes of their hearts so that they can know who you are God that they can know truth know the hope of what you called them we all have been called for our purpose in him and I thank you Lord for your kingdom as it expands and grows in the name of Jesus.